back. So I'm going to let you finish with Courtney and Amy. So uh, in partnership with Listening Party Presents, follow us all everywhere. We're on IG, we're on Facebook, all those good things. So the music world is reeling. The world is reeling while we still deal with this pandemic. And while a lot of states are opening back up this week, I know Amy and I talk about this a lot, no one in New York really seems to be in a rush to just automatically leave mm-hmm. the house. And then, and then we get hit with, you know, the news of Andre Harrell, who really was a, a giant of a certain, especially of a certain period of time in music passing yeah, away. Sure. And that makes it real because even though I didn't work with him directly, you know, that was, I was in the music industry at that time and I had friends who definitely dealt with, with, with Uptown a lot. And it, it just, it changed the whole vibe of black music in the music industry in this country and subsequently around the world. I know you were a hip-hop writer at that time, so that was squarely no, in sure. your face. No, you know? hip-hop. And, well, I think we should make a caveat that even though it's no less tragic when someone dies of whatever, he did not pass from COVID-19. So we should – that's what it's gotten to right now, the first reaction. Right. What did he die of? So he did – not that it makes the name less tragic. Yeah, no, I mean, Uptown Records was... Really, because that um, was a... Whoop, so I'm glad you cleared that up, because, you know, in my head, someone that I know from the music industry said to me, yeah, well, I heard it was COVID, and I was like, well, I haven't heard that, but okay. So I'm glad you... Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it was hard to I was, it was thinking it was COVID. No, oh, wow. The killer of people, for real, all right. in our community. Um, anyway, what I was going to say is, yes, you're exactly right about, uh, I mean, I think it's funny because, because of Andre and I had only met him briefly. I did a TV show with him once and he passed the criteria for what, um, I like in a man and that he agreed with me. So, um, I was already like, see, he thinks I'm funny. Uh, no, he, he was, it is so important that we remember the importance of Uptown Records because his mentorship of Puffy, sometimes that eclipses the story because I think Andre had, I think Andre had better ears than Puffy in a lot of ways. And he, Uptown is where officially the blending of hip hop and R&B happened. Boom. Absolutely. That's the moment. And I was watching last night, uh, John Caramonica of the Times posted a clip from the MTV Uptown Unplugged, which if you have never seen it, it is one of the best unplugs. And he posted Casey and JoJo, well, Jodeci, but Casey and JoJo singing Stevie Wonder's Lately. and it Which, which a, became so popular, became yeah. a single and was a big hit single yeah. from that, which was the first hip-hop unplugged. They hadn't done a hip-hop right. unplugged at that point. Jay-Z came right. after that. All the other ones that happened, well, Lauren, all came, yeah. yeah. LL, I mean, with the deodorant under his arms, which is one of the most famous unplugged. But, yes, you know that. Yep. But the thing is, is that Uptown really was that moment. Up until then, it was like, oh, I'm writing about rap music. Oh, I'm writing about R&B. Uptown was the point where it was like, I'm writing about hip-hop and R&B. That's, to me, where it's fused. And his ears to have Mary J, Father MC, Heavy D, who was one of the great undersung people, in my opinion, and like the nicest guy in Nice Town, 
show to see. I mean, you're just up there watching. I'm sure there were other I'll be sure. So I'll much came sure. through him. Yeah, know? and just that. So if you have a chance, and Andre's stewardship of uh, New York Undercover, which is. And like, he had Jeff Red. He Jeff, and you know he, Jeff Red, who was an artist at the time, doing A and R stuff with him. You know, it was right. it was a real hub for a very big Williams, turning point. Right? Yeah, yeah. Christopher, a very big turning point for how black music. Yeah. Just black music. Yeah. It, it went from being your parents' radio, radio and black music to shifting to a newer, younger generation. Right. So I mean, I have, like I said, he. Um, those of us in New York will remember the subway ads when he went to Motown. But other than that, he was a much oh lower profile. Oh, my God. What was it from Uptown? Yeah, the, the, I will never forget yeah. the day walking by, going to go to work that morning and passing it and being like, did Andre put himself in the ad? Yeah. Is he the yeah, ad? Was, yeah, that was it. That <laughs> Everybody was, talked about it. And then it was a disaster. Well, it was a misstep, but in hindsight, it was a perfectly hip-hop move. It was a beautifully self-aggrandizing hip-hop move. But he was, you know, Russell, everybody knows as an opinion of Puffy, obviously. From what I understand, and I know people who got their career start with him, um, and and he also did Revolt TV, which is really yeah. a solid contribution. I have never heard anybody say anything negative about him, that he was the real deal. And he also started as an artist, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Right. Hyde, and I think right. that formed his sensibility. I think he was fundamentally an artist person, and that's important, you know. And so anyway, a great – I also think I, that I he was – yeah, I also think that he was – you know, listen, there there are some great – Men that nurtured talent, great people, and women. I just say men. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that's what I said. People, not just that yeah. through the generations and through the years that have found talent, nurtured talent, and and you know watch them go up. I say the true measure of somebody like that is if the people you find are they successful, and yes. if you look at the people who came through, they all were. Through following work. through the school of Andre Harrell, they were yeah. all successful, and many of them are very, still successful to yeah. this day. Mary J. Blige is still Mary J. Blige to this day. Right. Puppy is still yeah. Puppy to this day. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. Heavy D till the day Heavy D died. He had transitioned to becoming an actor. You know what I mean? He was successful at that, and then yeah. you know he unfortunately died. So you think about the list of people. And that yeah, lets yeah. you know about the greatness of someone because they will also, they don't hire you and just suck everything out of you and keep you in the shadow. They will actually give you the opportunity to be great and learn and move on. It's, and, right. and to me, that is the true measure of a man. If all of, if, if not, cause not everybody's gonna always get it all. But if you can look back and see all the disciples of him, and they are all really successful people, then you can tell that was a good guy who really cared about the stuff that he was doing, and he put an effort into it, and the payoff was a bunch of successful people. Right, right. Um, I also want to mention just briefly another artist who passed who was not as well-known, but um, Sweet P. Atkinson, who was one of the singers oh, yeah. who was not was. And I have to say that I had the pleasure of meeting him back in the day. And mm -hmm. I was listening to that first Was Not Was record yesterday. And, I mean, it's quirky, It's but it, it really is a solid, 
quirky record, and that's, of course, where Don Was got his start. And uh, anyway, I mean, he's a smaller uh, star in the constellation, but no less uh, impactful. Just a one, you know, one of those great singers who probably would have been in obscurity, like that guy who, you know, is singing in the bar band somewhere. So, I, I mean, that kind of hit because I really kind of was a fan. And then Betty Wright, who, Jesus Christ, I bought that single when I was in elementary school, Clean Up Woman, and she was 17 right. years old when she recorded right. that. And I, I think we also... No, no, go. I'm sorry, keep going. This, that's so funny about the phone thing, kids. Like, we can't see each other, and there's, like, that slight delay. No, it's, it's like, I feel like we need to, to spotlight all these artists. We need to spotlight Tony Allen. You know what I mean? Yes. Tony oh, Allen, yeah. a pioneering drummer, pioneering guy who was the music director for Fela's band in the 70s. You know what I mean? And really is considered one of the founders of Afrobeat music. No, totally. And, and, and you know, it, it, it's like, so, you know, we're, we've, we've lost some. Um, Mana you know, And like, you know, the originators, like little, little Richard. Right. No, well, literally, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, if uh, this is not to be in any, I mean, little Richard, it's like you could begin and end with rock and roll right there. An out gay right. black man. That's all. I mean, when I was a kid, I think I was telling you this, so they used to have variety shows, right? And I remember seeing him on TV, and I knew who he was, but I remember seeing him on TV and being like, okay, I'm a little scared and I'm a little attracted at the same time. Like, this is kind of freaking me out because he didn't give a fuck. And but I think that's what the appeal was, right? Because of course, he of almost course, made it, especially in the time when he was playing, it was almost like it wasn't, you could tell, I think, and I, I, you know, I think it's it, it's easy to just want to. I think, you know, think the word. I think he didn't put himself in a box. I think he fucked men. I think he fucked women. And I think that that whole appearance that he gave, absolutely, was almost disarming. It wasn't sexually threatening to white men. Here's this guy. Like, I'm not worried about him with my women. He's got a pompadour hairdo and pancake makeup. Well, and also, you know? I mean, he was, he was, yeah, I mean, just the sheer talent. I mean, if you ever have any doubt about the influence of Little Richard, and you should not, um, the Beatles are direct to send Paul. Every time Paul McCartney goes, that's Little Richard, and he has said as much. I mean, so Little Richard, yeah, I mean, he invented rock and roll. David so Bowie, Elvis Presley. Yeah, like, all the list of them. goes I mean, on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, no, so anyway, so rest in peace. And I love that he would always remind people because he felt, and, and I love that he would remind people, but I hate that he had to. That's exactly, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah, but, you know, again, um, I'm looking forward to his stamp, his commemorative stamp, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. I think he, right. look, I don't think he was. That's it. I mean, that's like, that's it, full stop, little, you know, so, uh, I can't. I don't want to think too much about death right now. But yeah, I know. But we got we got one more. We got to talk about the legendary Betty Wright. I because yeah, here's, yeah. here's 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 what I want to say about Betty Wright that made her fierce. Because she's like to me that's black parents of a certain generation music. Right, you grew up in certain households. Betty Wright was like like you know your mother's glamorous girlfriend 
there was always that when you were little overhearing their conversation, there was always some shit about some man or something in the gossip session. And there was always something scandalous. But she was fierce and 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 really strong and self-assured. That's who Betty Wright was. And I think that um, people who are listening, go out. Like, this is the great thing about having digital platforms, right? Go out there and you need to spin some of these Betty Wright albums and Tony Allen music and Little Richard music and, you know, was not was bad company there's you know there's a lot of artists who've passed but that music lives on and we're going to do a playlist that'll go along with this show just to highlight some of this fierce 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 tunes i'm always happy and i always feel so really good though when people leave who've left us left us with the gift of the music because it never goes away can i just say a really fast betty right story so mm-hmm. um two things uh, again, as I said, she, you know, was very young when Clean Up Woman came out. All right, so two mm-hmm. parter. I had the opportunity. I was very happy to see her many years, several years ago, at the mm-hmm. pub uh, when she she was out of Miami and when Joss Stone came out and Joss Stone, bless her heart, thought that she could hold the stage with Betty Wright. I don't know what that girl was drinking, but Joss Stone. Well, came didn't out. Betty produced Betty produced that produced her her album or some music on the album. Um, yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were on the same label as well. But anyway, Jocelyn came out, did her set. She was great, whatever. And then Betty came out with Timmy Thomas and the TK Records band and, you know, just killed. And then mm-hmm. a few years before that, I was in, I was at a listening session for your friend Beyonce. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is when her father was still manager. And he played a song. And I said, oh, that samples girls can do what the boys, the girls can't do what the boys do. And Matthew looks at me and he goes, how do you know that? And I looked at him. I said, what do you think I'm doing here, Matthew? Like, this is my job. Okay? Like, I am just rolling off the turnip truck. I know this music. And he's right. like, okay, all right. <laughs> like, sorry, Matthew. Sorry for being an old woman who knows black music. For well, I don't even think it's that, because I think there's a lot of black people who don't know Betty Wright music. So I'm sure he was just kind of like, For a lot of people, (laughs) like, the the interesting thing is if if people go back and even just listen to the greatest hits, they're going to hear so many samples of songs that they've known and loved for years and be like, oh, my God, is that where that came from? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to uh, really, really, really be surprised. Yeah, anyway, so rest in peace to all those people. Please, you know, um... You know, stay home, stay safe. Oh, don't let these motherfuckers kill you. Yeah, they're trying to open well, shit back up. We all don't like being in the house. Let me just say this. Public service announcement. None of us like sitting in the house not making money the way we normally do. Nobody. Newsflash. Nobody. Don't let them kill you with rushing that out to do shit when you see this shit is even swirling all up in the West Wing and all of this mixed messages and bullshit. People, when it comes to money, they will fucking have you step into the fire for money. Do not get burned. Use your own head. Use your own head. Public service announcement, preachy moment is over. Okay. All right. So, what's on the agenda today, my friend? What are well, you- you know, it's like oh, I've tried you. to break. <laughs> what? No, I was gonna. No, no, no. I was gonna say, if, if, just go, go, go. My headphone fell out. That's what it was. Sorry. Uh, 
She has a problem with headphones, kids. It don't, they don't work on her head. Um, yeah. I've broken away from Law and Order. So, oh, wait. Can we talk about the fact that fucking Stabler's getting his own show? And, and so he's coming back to the Law and Order universe. Fucking, um, um, uh, fucking. Christopher Maloney. Thank you. I'm blanking yeah. out too much weed. I don't know what's happening. Christopher Maloney. And his first appearance is he's going to be on the season premiere of SVU. Are you kidding me? Right. Are they going to get rid of those rest of those fucking asshole guys? Like, no, because he's getting his own—he's getting his own show. It's been announced right, that right, he right. won't be part of SVU. But let me yeah, just tell you them. something. Do you know? I mean, it's so weird, right? It's like I love that show, but I have not really—I've never felt like they got a lot of the replacement cops right after he left. The closest me. They did not. They did yeah. Not. It's just been like weird. Like I, I didn't really, even though I did like Carisi and then he's moved over to D's, DA's office. I didn't mind Carisi, but you know, the other one is weird and Kelly is weird to me. That whole thing's weird. Anyway, have you watched uh, the Michelle Obama documentary becoming on Netflix yet? I have not. What are you waiting for? <laughs> It's on Netflix. It's not going anywhere. I'm in the house for another two months. I'm still on my Julie TV thing. I'm not. I, I, have still, to I thought you I'm finished still, your Julie TV thing. No, 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 no. I'm on another Amazon Julie TV. I'm telling you. I oh, my God. Yeah, I know I me too. There's so many channels. I have way too much shit. But you've got to watch the Netflix doc. It's fabulous. She, first of all, she's fabulous, and it's fabulous. I know it's on the. I'm just saying I have a lot of latent anti-Semitism and self-hatred to work through. You don't understand. Like, <laughs> oh my like God. I have been hated. You're serving white woman realness. You're like I'm no, just no, having this no. full moment. <laughs> no, I have. You don't understand the level of self-hatred that I <laughs> only in the religion department. The rest of me, I'm fine with. So you have to understand that I will watch that, but. I, I, and, and also I, I'm reading, it's my way of reading a book. I'm just reading right, subtitles right, right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, no, I do want to watch it, obviously, but, um, I have been. And you've been, you have been keeping up with The Last Dance, right? Oh, we need to talk about that. Yes, because let me just tell you something. I, we need to, I'm only up to episode, I haven't watched the latest one. The last one. Oh, I've you watched, haven't watched seven and eight yet? I don't know. I mean, the last one I watched was, the gambling thing and him staying okay, out. No, you have no okay. you, you need to catch up because this weekend coming up are the last two. So you need to catch right. up. All right. Let me say briefly what I think about it. First off, as a documentary, mm -hmm. it's terribly made. It's a terribly made documentary, but that's neither here nor there. It's not a documentary, but and the jumping back and forth between timelines is confusing to me, but there's a lot of great footage. Here's what I have to say about this. And, you know, I made my issues with Jordan. I am now every single episode firmly convinced that I that he's just like a horrible person. End of story. <laughs> Great ball player, horrible person. Like really a fucking asshole. No, seriously, he's an asshole. But, but everybody knew that. That's not a secret. Great Michael Blake, that's, that's not a secret that he was an asshole. I actually think it's done really well, and I'm having no problem with them jumping back and forth. I love it. I love it. I, I'm really into it. I, you know, I think I'm, you're seeing a lot of different things, right? You're seeing that, yeah, his desire to win, he wanted people to have that same desire around him. And I wasn't mad. His whole shit was like level up, and he could be a dick. But you know what? Winners, people who really win, you can't 
always win being the nice guy. You just can't. You got to be tough if you really want some shit in this competition. You got to be tough. So that part I don't mind. Scotty Pippen was a surprise to me because. Yes, Scotty Pippen. Um, I, I didn't realize in the beginning, I realized he had the family, he had to take care of everybody. But he was such a poor businessman for himself. It was kind of like even the people who, who were telling him, don't sign this deal. It's not a good deal. And he just heard the dollar amount and took that deal and then was mad about the deal and kind of gave up on his team. And then we saw him give up on his team more than once, and that was surprising to me because I didn't realize he was that guy. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, me too. He always kind of got, like, overlooked. I I thought this stuff – well, here's what's really funny, and you can appreciate this. I'm watching it, and I'm like, when they were playing the Knicks, I went, oh, remember when the Knicks – remember when New York had a basketball team? it brought that whole memory back to me because so that was the last time the Knicks were good. The last time. So the last serious. time. That was it. So we got to be able to see that footage. was like, oh, wow, right. That's back when the that Knicks were exactly lit. Lit. Totally. Yeah, 93, 94. And I was like, oh, remember that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, like I said, he's an amazing ball player. I thought the stuff about Tony Kukoc was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Horace yeah, Grant, how he – Horace yeah. Grant, how he still is like, Horace did it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was like, it was Horace. <laughs> yeah. As as I said. Um, well, you haven't even got to the next episode. He straight up laughs at Gary Payton. It's, it's, no, I know. So I know. I like it. He's so disrespectful. I, it's serious, bro. I will, um, like I said, I, I will go to my grave with my thought about when his father passed. I made that confession. I live with right. it. It's fine. Phenomenal ball player. I, I'm pretty sure I saw him play. No taking away from his talent. You know what someone pointed out, which is really interesting? Um, and, again, right. Jordan Jordan controls the footage, which is why, you know, where wasn't he married? Didn't he have a family? There's no sense well, of a person. Yeah, where yeah. are these people? At where that time, he had Juanita and the three and three the three older kids. Yeah, right. And another thing that's a flashback in time. There is, I, I will say this: there will never, ever, ever in the well, history really the of the world. Really, it's not a. It's also it is Michael, it's Michael Jordan centered, but it's really centered. The, the premise is that last season with the Bulls, and sure. then they keep going yeah. back to the other stuff. So it's not really a Michael Jordan documentary where it's like, here's my life, here's my family. They're dressing. You know, it feels like this is his way to finally answer back all of those things that were said publicly through the press and all of those years. Like, does he have a gambling problem? But I always thought he, this man is a millionaire several times over. People like to gamble. If he gambles and loses $100,000 in the night, that's not the same as you or me losing $100,000 in the night. And I, I never, you know, it's like, it's, but I also think that the way he's telling the story, like you see in the later episodes, you see him being a little more of a dick and an asshole. It's like, yeah, he definitely comes out a little nicer than I, re- and I think we talked about this before, than I remember people talking about him around. I don't remember people being like, he was this nice, nice, nice guy like that. But, well, you know, people say- always have revisionist history with everything. I thought he was a dick. I think he's still a dick there. But I will say one thing. If you ever needed confirmation that no one should wear big, giant hoop earrings, no man, this show will prove to you. It's the most dated. you looking at him like, who told you that was a good look, Michael? Those earrings you oh. used to wear. 
No, well, right? it's so funny because Jimmy Butler, who's a current basketball player, wears these right. hoop earrings, and I, I hate that look, and I hate that no, he wears awful. Those. No, I was looking, I'm like, it, what in the 1992 is happening right now? It's like, bad. That's, it's very, very that's, oh, my bad. God. Oh, my God. It's like, really. Yeah. South so, Brooklyn, what's going on there? I miss, I miss Brooklyn. I miss all my spots. What are y'all doing there? What's going on? Well, let me see. There was some unauthorized construction going on the other day, which was very disturbing. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's a really weird thing, and we've discussed this, and I've been having this conversation with people. This is clearly what's going on with corona. This is not going to be it's over with the Dooley get to go out. It's having to yeah. – we're having to readjust everything. Like, I went out shopping this morning because I qualify for the old people hours. Um, I was mm-hmm. the only person in there shopping, but there's 9 million little worker bees running around making orders for people. And it was a little nerve-wracking, but I got in and out. But this is it. This is the way it's going to be. And it's just very, very strange. Um, again, I am not hating being at home as much. Again, I do have an outdoor space. But it's I'm not as anxious as I thought I was going to be. I'm meditating a lot. Maybe that's why I'm much, you know, I'm not beating up on myself for I'm eating chocolate. I'm just, it's not bothering me as much, but that there's no end game. There's no, right. like, okay, this, it, it's, I equate it, and it's obviously an analogy men can't understand, but I equate it to being pregnant. You know it's going to be done in nine months. But if someone said, well, you're just going to carry this baby until we figure out how to get it out of you, like give me an end game and I just found out I lost half my work oh I didn't tell you that I I got all my hours got cut back for the fall so that's now yeah yeah so that's is that the the DOE no that's CUNY that's CUNY has cut back wow yeah so I'm only because everything's moving well moving online and they're cutting back classes and because you know uh who we have to pay for all this stuff that's going on in the state and so they're gonna education is a good place so that was a little bit of a shock i figured something might happen but it was like oh god i've been there for six years you think i could so all of a sudden that thing has come in so it's like yeah yeah. i gotta tell you like a bunch of the work that i yeah. yeah, a bunch of the work that I had definitely went away that it was supposed to be coming up, and I was really, like, sucks. But I will say this, that I'm never bored at home. You know, I, I, yeah, I've, created a, I've created a space where I love my space, so I'm never bored at home. But I have learned a lot and gone through a lot during this whole thing. I think I've gone through every emotion. I've been happy. Yeah. I've been sad. I've had breakdowns. I've had really bad breakdowns. I've had explosions that seemed to have come out of nowhere, which has been pinned up everything. But through all of that, I've also had breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And in having to really just sort of stop, keep dealing with all the outer stuff, like just fixing stuff at the, about the apartment, I've taken this time to start working on a bunch of the inner stuff and just fixing some things. And it's, and it's, been, a, it's been a very interesting experience because what I'm finding is, a lot of things are changing. You know how certain periods of periods of growth. I'll be 53 in July, right? So it almost child, feels like. A mere child. <laughs> I'll be 61 but, on Friday. 61. Right. I'm, I'm but, it almost, but it almost feels like um, through, this, through this time and having breakdowns and breakthroughs, I've started to just look at 
just different things in my life, different friendships in my life, knowing what's good for me, knowing not what's not good for me, realizing that some things have changed, some friendships have changed, my circle has gotten smaller, and mm-hmm. I realize I have a good circle of people around me, and we've been really sort of good support for each other. And so, yeah, I do realize this shit's going to – I just don't think that, that there's going to be some magic solution like people say or there's some not, of these things are not. open, but we're all going to be – some people are going to go back to being regular, but I know for me I'm going to be cautious for a while because I just feel like the other shoe hasn't dropped. So I'm going to err on the side of caution with my yeah, movements have, and continue to wear yeah. a mask outside and just figure out everything like i'm less skittish now like now i'll take morning walks and do shit and i don't feel so that anxiety of there's not as much debt there's not as much i mean there i will say that and we both you know without there was a two week when the death count was burning the sirens and that's when we were all yeah look i I, it's funny because i am an anxious person and i am a social person but i have been okay i mean there'll be you know there has there has been a sense i never feel totally abandoned i mean i see my son about once a week i mean this weekend we planted my little garden which was fun so that was a drag not being able to hug people not being able to but i don't feel as flipped out i feel no compulsion to start getting high i know you know i am i am oddly and thankfully less bugged out as i thought i would be um, yeah, yeah, I enjoy yeah. wearing this. I enjoy wearing the same clothing every fucking single day. Though today, in honor of our podcast, I did put on a bra and a pair of jeans. So just right. <laughs> I will say and I've been this: cleaning a lot, cleaning a lot, which is yeah. Fun. I've been cleaning a lot, and then I did. So I sent the laundry out to be done. It was like yeah. God's gift because it came back clean. And folded. Aww. All I had that's to do nice. was put it away. It was that's like, nice. oh my god, yeah. because that that kept freaking me out. If I must be honest, because like I don't have a laundry in my building, and I was like, oh god, to go sit and have to do this laundry. It's a lot. Because I hadn't done laundry literally in almost three months, so it was sixty-five pounds of laundry that I sent out. <laughs> sixty-five pounds. That's a small child. That's a ten-year-old. Right. That is a small child. You washed but, the ten-year-old. But suddenly, when there was clean sheets on the bed, it was like I felt like. Do you ever remember the opening credits of Grease when Sandy's in the bed and then the cartoon Sandy and the birds come and lift the sheet and everything's like, oh, it was like clean sheets, clean towels, mm-hmm. clean hand towels. Only for me to no, wear the same thing every day because that's what I do. But I just wanted it all clean because it wasn't clean. No, who cares? No, there's something I've been doing, which is really funny. We've talked about this. So, you know, you have your first two weeks of, like, cleaning like crazy. Like, ooh, who thought? Who ever put the connection between actually cleaning things and things being clean? But I've been writing around, like, papers and memorabilia. And I've talked most of it because I can go on the Internet and look at those stupid articles, other people's stuff. But I have found, like, you know, tons of Lucian's, like, school shit. And I'm like, all right, right, I don't need every single report he wrote. Uh, though it is funny to read his stuff he wrote in second grade, which is like, I like basketball, I like sneakers, I like hip-hop, cut to now. I like basketball, I like sneakers. I, so that's what he's, saying. he's just making money off of it. So he's been consistent. Um, right. But I have found like, a whole bunch of, and all my letters, like, between me and my best friend, which she's asking me to mail back to her because she's been transcribing really? diaries over the years. So she wants to read, because in the letters, you know, so letters to, like, addresses I had 
1978. But the best part wow. is I found like all these old love letters. Um, and they're basically all the same letter. They're all, okay, here, I will summarize every love letter a man has sent to me. You I know, feel like you should. No, oh, no, no. It's like, you know, you're one of the most amazing women I've ever met. You're so smart. I miss your voice. I miss your touch. You're so complicated. You're so beautiful. And hence, I cannot be with you. There, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I know you read all of that. You're thinking, oh, oh, oh. Then it gets to, I'm just so sad that we can't be together. You're like, what the fuck right. just happened? Right. Right. I all of these things. Right. Yeah. I miss you so much. You. No one has ever impacted me. And usually, half of them were written after we broke up, anyway. But it's just hilarious because I can't even read the handwriting. I don't even know who half who half these letters are from, and it doesn't right. matter because they're all the same fucking letter. It's like right. And. And I was talking to an old boyfriend of mine yesterday, and I said, oh, my God, I found all these love letters. He goes, love letters from Candace? I went, no, not love letters from Candace. Love letters from men. And they all say, "What I? you're so beautiful. You're so sexy. Oh, my God, I miss your touch. You're so complicated. You're so smart. And he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah. Why do you think I'm not with you anymore? <laughs> I'm like, thanks. That's hilarious. That's why I don't call you. It's all that. And I was like, so great. I'll be remembered. Po yeah, so uh, that's been funny, finding those things, just these, like, ridiculous kind of – remember back in the day when someone would send you a letter from overseas and you had to use that really rice paper, that really thin paper? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun looking at that. So that just cracked me up to no end. I was like, wow, I used to be a hottie. Whatever. So, yeah, I'm fine. I mean, we're fine. Listen, we're not dead. You know what I mean? Right. We're not dead, and we're my taking care of ourselves. My allergies are kicking my ass, but I'm not oh, dead. Don't even. My yeah. allergies I'm are sick. kicking my ass. And you're and you're and you started googling every symptom, right? As soon as you were like, like huh, no, there, I, that was that was the first week. No, I stopped even doing the thing. The, the first couple of weeks, I would wake up in the morning, and the first thing I would do is check my throat to make sure it wasn't sore, and then I would touch my head and be like, "Do you have a fever? Are you?" And one day I was I like, "Oh my god, you're hot!" But my head is also right next to the radiator, and I was like, "This is the radiator." Stop, like, okay. don't, you're not, like, don't do this. Yeah, you're not dying. Yeah, I thought I would have to get a tooth looked at during a pandemic, and then it went away. No, I, right. listen, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to be as good as I can be. I, like I said, my birthday's at the end of the week, and I was like, I really don't want to do a Zoom thing, because those things give me a headache. I fucking start so don't do it. Out. No, yes, I'm let people hit you all day. What people are going to do is hit you, call you, and text you all day long. You yeah, take all yeah, the calls and texts you want to do. Yeah, and I just, um, I just told Lucian I just want a piece of cake. That's all I need. Give me mm -hmm. a piece of cake. I, every year I want a piece of cake. Um, what is on the agenda? I wanted to mention the Brian Adams thing really fast. Did you read about no. that? No, no. What uh, happened? With, how is Brian Adams in the, <laughs> in the pandemic? And not the good, not the good Brian Adams. Shout out to Brian Adams. He used to be at Tommy Boy Records. Um, the other Brian Adams. Okay, so Brian Adams. I don't have it exactly in front of me, but he posted something about you know I was supposed to I was supposed to be playing Royal Albert Hall this week, but unfortunately I can't because of some bat eating, you know, wet oh, market. And then, now wait a minute, and and virus creating, basically saying 
The bad eating is right. That's <laughs> fucked up. He is a vegan for what that's worth. It was the virus created in a laboratory thing. So then he right. ends up freaking out, and he's canceled. But And then he apologized. But here's the part that makes me laugh more than everything, and this is why I hate white people. All right. So it's posted on Facebook, and everybody's, you know, coming in with their outrage. But half of the people who posted about it had to then go, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. I mean, really, who cares about him? And I was like, okay, motherfucker. You can think he's an asshole. You can think this is a dick move, which it is. You've never heard of Brian Adams. I'm sorry. So my thing is, why are you even on his page? Why are you someplace where you don't even know who the person is? No, no, no. Somebody posted it, like a news item. But what I'm saying is, everybody trying to prove how cool they are. It's like, that's the fucking bullshit. Are you an American? Do you have ears? Were you alive in the 80s? You know who Brian Adams is. No one's saying you don't like him, so I just find that to be, once again, hipsters got a hip. You know... Brian Adams. So I just thought that was hilarious. And it was a dick thing he said and whatever. But that to me just gave me a laugh. That and everybody posting their top. You mean like your president at saying, you mean your president saying to the White House female reporter, well, you should ask China and then thought that he was going to get away with that when she was like, why are you asking me that question? And then he's like, I'm not asking you. I'm just saying. He, he expects her to come back with, like, I'm loving. First of all, I'm loving these this new younger generation of White House reporters. They oh, are not. Yeah. They are not like Plain. the old school. The old school were tough. They really were tough. They were. So I'm not saying that, but they are not having it on another level. They're like the yeah. fact that she immediately rebounded with, I mean, why would you ask me that? question to ask China. She, and he got so stumped that he fucking walked out. Well, he walked out also because two other women reporters then ceded their time to him. He said in an interview two weeks ago that, you know, he wished women could behave like Donna Reed. And that's all we need to know about that. Well, all I right? mean, he said I wish we could go back to a better time like Gone with the Wind. Right. The movie so about- he's... It will be slavery. about, you know, the Civil War and slavery. <laughs> right, the feel-good movie about slavery. I think it's only because he didn't know Birth of a Nation. No, so, I mean, you see stuff like that. I think with him, I think one of the reasons that they are so tough, and I'm, I am very happy about it, is that, mm-hmm. you know, they're treated so disrespectfully and yeah. with such disdain that at some point, and they know that the tide has turned with him. They know that now the public has really fucking had it with him. And at some point, and the sexism is so blatant at this point. It's pretty across the board. No, and at some point, they're just like, you know what? Fuck this. These are women who have come of age, um, who have come of age career-wise during Me Too, and have come of age during a quote-unquote woke generation. And they're just not fucking having it. And I am good. Good, good. Well, they know their strength and their power, which is really important for women and girls. It's like, you've got it. You've always had it. Know it and use it and don't be intimidated because that's what Donald Trump works on intimidation. If if you're not intimidated, his act won't work on you. Right, of course. Well, you know you've got it unless you're going out with Amy and then everything that's really good about being a woman is why they break up with you. You're complicated. What does that fucking mean? You're complicated. Math is complicated. Okay. Thank you. 
No, I'm here for these women. I'm glad you brought them up. Yeah, fuck that. I love how she took her mask off, the reporter from CBS, and said, Jigga, what? What did you just say to me? China? You're asking me about China? Oh, my I God. Mean, <laughs> I mean, it was. like cringing. And, he was, and what's great about it is you know that he absolutely 1,000% did not expect her to answer him back. Not he at all. Didn't. He did not expect her. And when she did, and when she did with that, it was the missive. She just went, she put yep. him right on the spot. I want to hear you say it. Why'd you ask me? Yeah, and not only that, he went, China, like that, like spitting it. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't no. ready for that. And, like, no. there's no, there's, there's no, my thing is, I would have more respect for him if he, at that moment he would have just said the truth. But it's like he just doesn't even know the truth. He'll say something, no. you question him in his face, and it's like, you can't even say the truth when we're all looking at you. And no, we know why, and we know why you said that to her. We know yeah. why you did. And it's right. like, and you're trying, and you're trying to act like I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying to anybody who wants to, it's like, really, to anybody? It's like, you are just so rude. No, it's, he always well, tries you're being to come for her. He always tries to come for, for, for the, the, the lady from PBS. She's another yeah. one who's unmoved by his shit. Oh, All of those yeah. women, I like it. It's like they're like we are White House reporters. We are tough. We're journalists. You're not no, going to hurt our feelings. No, no, no. And there's been a few men who have stepped over. No, it's just sort of like, what do you mean by that? Give me the numbers. What are you talking about? This is what the press is supposed to do. And as I, you know, and as we've read, and as like it's made of Obamagate. It's like, sir, that's not going to work. We we see the pandemic that's happening. You don't get to pivot. Like we we. We're all stuck in our fucking house. Guess what, people out there marching? We None of us want to be stuck in the house. We live in New York. New York's a nice place to not be in the house. No one wants to be in the house. But anyway, what were you saying? No, 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 no. What I was going to say is, is that the one thing that has happened is that, you know, you can spin, you know, political stuff. You can spin investigations. You can't mm-hmm. spin death. And it's no, you cannot. To bust- and starting to bite him in the ass because he's not doing those things anymore. And and right. you see when he stomps off like a petulant two-year-old, and it's starting to have a real, let's hope it continues, because he'll pull some sort of fucking bullshit to steal the election, but it's starting to have an impact because most people, look, these idiots who are marching are outliers. They're idiots, but we're always going to focus on the train wreck. Most right. people, I think some of them, with, to me, in my opinion, some of them seem like professionals in this because all of a sudden are. now it's like they're trying to turn this into abortion and gunfights. It's like no one is talking about that. People are dying. I don't care about okay. your guns. Well, Bessie DeVos is funding. Uh, Bessie DeVos's family has funded some of them in Michigan. Um, but what are, you know, yeah, I mean, it's exactly, but I think most people at the end of the day, seriously, as bad as it is economically now, they they know they might be able to get a job. They they you know, but they also know that they might not be able to relive if they get sick or die. And I think most people are aware that they want to be healthy and they don't want to get sick. And and I think that that's why Fauci is more respected. No one's taking their medical advice from Donald Trump. 
at all. No. You know, no mm-hmm. one's taking their medical. So I have to hold out some hope that people are seeing the man behind the curtain and hope that this continues to be like that because, no, it's it's ridiculous. Like, really, getting my hair done, getting my nails done is not even close to my list of priorities right now. Right. Not even right. close. I need a haircut bad as fuck, but I'm like, I'm not rushing to the barbershop. You don't have clippers? I do have clippers, but it's grown beyond that point. Now it's at the place where I want a different kind of haircut, so I need to go to Fig. Shout out to Fig. Okay. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, I don't care. That's why God invented hair alas, because I'll put my hair up on my head and that's it, and who cares? No, I'm just like letting it do whatever it needs to do. I'm in the house, it's like, it is what it is. I wash it, right. I condition it, and I go. I and, you know, it's funny because when, when I did, I, I did have, like, a little uh, uh, meet-up at a friend's house with a, a big roof deck, and we were all very far apart talking to each other. And I was saying, you know, and I was hoping all of this would be clear by the time, like, my birthday comes around in July. I feel like we'll all need to celebrate. And I first said, even then, I feel like you wouldn't even be able to have a real party. It would have to be a shift, like six people at a time. And it's just kind of like, I think that, yes, things are going to open back up, but shit's going to be different for a minute. It just is. Oh, a way I have to think that, I mean, and, you know, we, I will say, I think the thing that impacts, that not impacts me, it all impacts all of us, but the thing that really kind of, really kind of, it's the loss of freedom. I'd like to be able to travel. I'm always, I've been lucky enough to travel and it's just suddenly realizing that I can't even go visit my best. Well, I could, but it'd be difficult to visit a friend or, you know, go overseas or go here or go there, whatever. So that, that to me is that having to think 150 times before you do something that should be so automatic. But again, you know, we're healthy. Our family, you know, that's, that's really what matters at the risk of being too kumbaya about it. You know, that's what matters because what can we do? We can't do anything. And it's a very good lesson in detachment and Buddhism. We can't do anything about it. So we have to stay healthy. That's all I care about, that you're healthy, that I'm healthy, that our friends yeah. are healthy. And, you know, right. and, and that's kind of what we can do, you know. Can we talk a little bit about music? Do you have you heard anything yeah. at all? Because I know you're a music guy and I'm a music girl. So you know, what funny. You I've just been to? digging through a lot of old shit. Like you know, there's been some of the new stuff. I listened to that um, the, the young was it the Young Thug uh, Chris Brown mixtape that came out. I've listened to like we've already talked about Fiona. There's been drafts and drives of songs and stuff there. But I've been listening to a lot of old music, just going through. Lots of CDs that I had not seen in a long time. So I've been digging through shit like Quasi and, you know. Um, Quasi, oh, wow. That's Ohio crazy. Players. Okay. And, um, Nancy Wilson. Okay. And, and, you know, just all that kind of shit. Lots of Grace Jones because, you know, I listen to lots of Grace. Still lots of Prince because I listen to lots of Prince. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I've been stuck on the fucking Sugar Babes. This whole the, the Sugar Babes music has been getting me through this pandemic. I just put those songs on and have a good time and sing along. You know, I like good. Some no, good they're a good group. People. They're a good group. I am. I'm very looking much. I'm very looking much forward. That's good English. I'm looking forward to the Charlie XCX record coming out on Friday. Mm-hmm. I just. I. Mm-hmm. I think that she's another one of those girls that always kind of comes through with some fun 
pop music. I have been loving the new X record. It sounds like where they picked up 40 years ago. It's like 37 nice. minutes, blows through. It's it's smart. It's political. Well, not you know. It's timely. It just sounds great. Um, a friend of the so family. Listen, that's the way. If you're a heritage act, that's where you come back. You come back with a great body of work. It's not about trying to have some flashy single. It's about be the band that you are and do what you do at the highest level and just do a great body of work. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not a band that you know. They are what they are, and I just thought it was great that right. they dropped it now. Uh, a friend of the family who I've mentioned uh, before, Jayla Thompson, put out an EP, which is lovely, which got a mention in the Times. So I'm very proud of her for that. Mm. But, yeah, I've just been sort of going back, I mean, um, and listening to stuff that has sort of uh, been around that I've had. You know what I've been listening to a lot lately? And the first Stereo MCs record, that was a good fucking record, man. Mm, so that's well, a good one connected. to go back to. Yeah. I, was I have that on vinyl. <clears throat> yeah, because I was getting so much music back then, and you'd listen to it, and I was like, you know what, this is a good, this is the upside of Spotify. I mean, I know there's a lot of downsides of Spotify, but it's like, boom, I can just listen to it. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is, there's a lot of reflection in general going on right now, you know, picking up mm -hmm. on what you said, and, and it's a good time to kind of, we're under no pressure. That's what's interesting. Right. We're we're stressed, but we're under no pressure. So it's a good wanna... time to recalibrate. It's a really good yeah. time to to create some stuff. It's a really good time to get your business plans together and start getting them in motion and moving things forward. It's a good yeah. time to really shed some of the luggage of the past, empty out those suitcases, put those bags down, and walk into the sunshine because you. This, we're all literally in the same boat, right? So you might yeah. as well, if you're going to be in the boat, you might as well be sailing toward the paradise. Oh, my God, look at you. You have to start making posters. Look at you. You're so philosophical. Um, what's her name? I can never say her name. Alon Van Zandt. Oh, her. Oh, her. Yeah. 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 Except that you're not crazy. Yeah. Oh, speaking of crazy, speaking of crazy, let's end with just discussing the Jill Scott era. Oh, I just want to say Oh, oh, the Jill versus Erica? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm probably... <laughs> this is where I feel like... I feel like... A, have, you seen those, have you seen those Peter Popoff commercials? I drank the miracle water, and I opened up some, uh, the mail, and there, there was a check. There was a check for $55,000 in the mail. And it's like, oh my God! Okay, let me pick some Peter. That's how I felt watching the Erica versus Jill. I was ready to be showered in miracle water, <laughs> and instead I was bored shitless. And I'm sure this is probably not a popular opinion. I know a lot no. of people. I keep reading all of this stuff, and they're like, "It was great." I'm like, they talked a lot, which I'm sure everyone appreciated. I appreciated it a little, but then I got really bored. I just did, and I had to turn away. I stuck with it for like an hour and something, and I was like, I'm bored. I'm legit bored. Oh, you're better than me. I had 10 minutes. Um, well, here's the thing. Sometimes there are sister-girlfriend moments that even I, someone who is well-versed and appreciative of African-American culture and music, where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going way above my head. I was never an Erica Badu fan. When that first record came out, every publicist in the world was like, convinced, convinced. Oh, Amy's going to love this. I was like, eh, not so much, not feeling it, sorry. 
Right. Scott, I, I, I like Jill Scott, but I don't think Jill Scott is a particularly good songwriter, only because her songs tend to be like diary entries with music, you know, breaks, but she's a great singer. I mean, no doubt about it. I was, you know, it was a lot of chitty chatter. It was a lot of like, uh, Jill sitting there looking all beautific and Erica doing whatever the fuck <laughs> Erica does. Like just looking like 27 kinds of crazy. Um, somebody made two, somebody made two really good points on the, on the Facebook. The first point mm-hmm. was she thought that there was a lot of very subtle, and very slowly, uh, quietly articulated shade and hostility between the two of them because they do have a history. And the second thing they wanted, someone wanted to point out is keep in mind that these are two women who publicly supported Bill Cosby and R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. So their sister-girlfriend act sometimes falls a little flat with me because of that. That said, it was fun. Um I would love to see an MC Light Latifah one. That would be fun. I would love to see no more motherfucking challenges. That's what well, I would love too. to see. Well, I'm over too. it. I'm over uh, it. Well, that too. But it's, you know, it's diverse. You know what I've been enjoying online? What? I've been enjoying Quest Love. He's been doing great nights. Yes. And yes. he's been playing, been great. So he's the yeah. person I've actually been, and I, and I actually go and watch it because he streams everything that goes on the IG at the same time on the Roots YouTube. And I usually watch it on oh, YouTube because okay. I like that better than watching it yeah. on, on, the, on the, on the situation. But yeah, I've been, I've been enjoying Quest Moments and then Sunday Sermon. And do you know, the actor Dion Cole oh, also on. Oh, hilarious. From Blackish? But, but he's also, yes, he's also has a whole DJ setup and he plays a lot of great Chicago house and he's been doing great oh, sets on nice. Sunday, turning nice. it out. So y'all need to check out Dion Cole's page for some fierce ass house music because he's been on there live giving you full, I'm in the shelter, I'm in the warehouse dancing nice. my ass off. Nice. So, you know, like, and, and Sunday sermon's been great too. So, I've been doing that kind of shit, but other than that, it's like I'm kind of over the challenges. I miss, like, actually seeing you and recording our show with real sound. Yes, and, yes. and, and Robert Smith. We're going we miss to eat Robert something. Smith, our, our stalker, Robert Smith. We miss him. And all of the cute guys that work there and all of the stuff <laughs> in the studio, you know. I know. Uh, all right, kids. This has been another thrilling episode of I'm Gonna Let You Finish, presented in partnership with Listening Party Presents. Follow us and Listening Party on IG, Facebook. Check out the website. There's a lot of other great shows on Listening Party Presents. Show up, support our other show partners. We miss you guys. We miss being outside. Yeah. I miss Brooklyn. I don't miss food because I have gotten some takeout, I will say. But I do miss I, you, Amy. I miss. I miss you too. I, just, I don't I, know. I, I, I miss. I, the, I look forward to seeing you and seeing how well we've aged. <laughs> I'm back to my proper diet because I was like, oh, you're good. Yeah, you need to stop eating. <laughs> you're adorable. So, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. Think of all the sun damage we're avoiding right now. Our skin's going to look uh, amazing. <laughs> Oh, no, I've been drinking so much water. My skin's serving greatness. All right, anyway, kids, deuces. We love y'all. Till next time. Bye. Bye, peace.